Welcome to the Broadcorp Report. I am your commentator. My name is Todd Walker. You're going to be hearing us on various platforms in the coming weeks, wherever you get your podcast. But we're going to jump right into it. We're going to, have to introduce you to the hosts of the show of the Broadcorp Report, starting with Michael Broadcorp. Michael, welcome to the show. It's great to be here today. All right, Michael, tell us a little bit about you. Uh, to be honest with you, I didn't know you until about a week ago, and I know other people in the political circles know you, but for people out there like myself, who is Michael Broadcorp? Uh, I'm a average Joe, husband, father. I work in communications, research, media. I'm an author. I've done some uh, work in journalism in the past. Uh, currently, um, I'm just an average guy commenting on politics, offering some analysis and perspective uh, on social media and other places. And uh, I'm really excited to be here today, particularly with uh, Becky Allery. All right, so you consider yourself, when he says average, he really is average. I'm looking at him, I would almost put him in the little bit below average category. Very but kind. it's a good thing that you're doing radio and a podcast. All right, so Michael, you also consider yourself to be politically homeless. I am clueless as to what that's supposed to mean. I, you know, I've over the years, uh, in which we'll talk about in, in shows as we continue to move on with this project, uh, I was more partisan uh, than I am right now. I don't necessarily find myself, I consider myself a Republican, but I don't identify with a lot that's inside the Republican Party. Uh, I'm, I, I look at politics very much like I look at sports. Uh, you know, we can sometimes, as a, as a lifelong Vikings fan, you can sometimes uh, love the Vikings and also hate them and be frustrated with them. So I consider myself to be somewhat politically homeless. Uh, there's, when it comes to voting this cycle, uh, I'll probably be voting a split ticket. And so I don't necessarily wear just the uniform and jersey of one All team. right, a little bit about Michael here is that uh, key words. He said, looking at sports. I got to tell you right now, he's obviously the guy that spent his whole life on the sidelines. I don't think he's probably ever had a uniform on in his life. So Michael, uh, politically homeless is the best way you describe yourself. So what I've learned here is that you live in the suburbs, correct? Correct. Uh, you're married, you have three kids. Correct. Let's predict uh, a minivan is in this whole thing. There is a minivan. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. Minivan, guy from the suburbs who's never had a jersey on other than being a fan. All right, so that is Michael Bradcorp. Now let's move into the co-host, the sparring partner, who considers herself to be a conservative hippie. Once again, I'm not sure what that is all about. And this is Becky Allery. Welcome to the show, Becky. Tell Thank us a little you. bit about Becky Allery. Yeah, hi, Becky Allery here. Um, I have spent the last 12 years working in uh, different levels of government and um, all sorts of different campaigns. Uh, really, for the last decade, I've, I've worked to lift up my boss and not lift up my own voice, so this is kind of a new new area for me to venture into. Um, and your boss was? I worked for a variety of them, most recently Jason Lewis and Tom Emmer, so strict, uh, strict partisan over here. Okay, what's a conservative hippie? You know, with this being on my own side of um, my own opinions, um, I think that for me, I've I've definitely evolved over the years. I started um, as a strict constitutionalist. I definitely still am a, a big Republican, but definitely on the social issues, um, I would I would say I, I lean a little bit more left on those. All right. Do you like Michael? I do now. I think that we've had a, a wow. little, we, little we've got right in the along first the way. Show. We have one fan of Michael's. All right, that's great. So you like Michael? Yeah. I can't decide if I do. All right. So and you let's uh, let's learn a little bit about Becky. Becky, uh, what part of the cities do you live in? North suburbs. I'm, and I'm a Fridley gal. Fridley gal. Friendly Fridley. Okay. And children? Yes. No. I have one four-month-old baby boy. Four-month-old baby boy. Married? Yes. Okay. And uh, what type of work do you do on a regular basis? Um, in the public relations sphere. Public relations sphere. All right. 
So we learned a little bit about Becky here. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about the show. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit about that in the coming weeks. But once again, it's going to be a sparring arena where you two are no holes barred, whatever you want to talk about, right? Absolutely. And she obviously, you know, is not holding back and pulling any of her punches in the first few minutes of the show. Well, it's pretty easy to pull punches at you. All right, so let's talk first and, first and foremost. Uh, the, the elections are right around the corner. I mean, we're talking days away. So... We're going to get this show out there so people can kind of have an idea as to what they can expect to see. So I want to talk predictions right off the bat here. So for the governor, let's have a little conversation about who you guys are predicting is going to win the governor's race. Uh, my take is uh, Governor Walls will win re-election. I'm going to have to agree with that one. All right, so uh, why do you say this is such a hands-down? We just saw recently that uh, Donald Trump backed Jensen and that uh, Jesse Ventura backed... Uh, Walls, does this matter is my first question. It, does it matter? Does it not matter? You know, I think the Trump endorsement can kind of go both ways. I think it motivates some people on both sides. Um, I also think that there are some people that that is a, a major turnoff that might have been um, voting Republican, but uh, a Trump endorsement is a turnoff for them. What do you think? I agree. I think, it cut, I think you know, this is turning into a little bit of a base election for both sides. The environment is much more advantageous, I think, to Republicans. And so a Trump endorsement of, of Jensen, I think, is, is, I think is, was poorly timed. I think, it, it, I think it's going to hurt him at the end of the day more than it helps him. Because I think in order to really capitalize on a Trump endorsement, I think you, you need to fully embrace it. Jensen, Jensen didn't do that. Uh, and so I, I think the Democrats, it gives more advantage to mobilize the Democrats in this state. Um, you know, they, the political climate has evolved so much this cycle. Uh, it, you know, a year ago, uh, it was trending much more towards the Republicans. Uh, it's it's ebbed and flowed uh, after the when the Dobbs decision came out from the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, that gave a, a real injection of enthusiasm into the Democratic side, uh, and I think it's pretty fair to say that in the last month or so, I think a lot of their momentum has kind of gone away, and so we're coming near the end of the election, and and when Democrats hear. Uh, that Donald Trump has endorsed a candidate for statewide office in Minnesota, I think that's going to be a boost to them. Donald Trump did not win the state. Um, and so when you, when you have those type of partisan endorsements in partisan races, they can sometimes backfire and mobilize the other side. What about you, Becky? Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think a lot of the folks that were already energized to come out for Jensen would have been coming out for Jensen regardless of the Trump endorsement there, you know, especially in greater Minnesota. I think those folks were, were ready, were going to come out and, and do it. I think there are some folks, um, I've, I've spoken to some family members, who that to them, they were they were considering voting for Jensen, that to them was just not going to, that, you know, makes it no-go. But do you think in this environment that a Republican candidate should have done better against Walls? Absolutely. Okay. I think that one of the biggest missteps is just the lack of capitalizing. The people's uh, attention span is so short, they don't really remember back to what we were at like two years ago, what, even a year ago. And so you kind of have to remind them. And I think uh, especially on the crime topic, that was a really misstep. Yeah, I would say, and if you, and if you follow me on Twitter, um, where I do a lot of analysis and commentary, um, you know, I get accused, I've been accused of somewhat beating a dead horse when it comes to Jensen. I do that because I would like the Republicans to succeed in this state. Um, very much like a Vikings fan who goes to a game and yells during the game and gets frustrated with them. You have somewhat of a love-hate relationship. Um, it's frustrating to me to see some of the, some of the tactical mistakes, some of the messaging mistakes. Um, and it's, and it's, what's interesting, and I, I think is going to be a good discussion to particularly have with Becky on the show, is about that kind of analysis and commentary. I, I think that for some reason, 
uh, political commentary and political analysis. I view very much like I do sports analysis and commentary. If you listen to sports shows, uh, pregame shows, postgame shows, there's a lot of criticism that, that analysts have towards the team that, that they're behind. And uh, I've tried to offer that, um, and it was really, really frustrated people. Uh, and I get a lot of criticism and a lot of complaints about my analysis and take. And so I think this this show, I think, is going to provide, I think, a good platform to expand on that, to provide All some right, Becky has a comment on that. And, well, if I could finish no, and, you're, and give you're, you're some comments on and on and on. You lost me about eight minutes ago. Well, that's great. Thanks. So let's just get it short to the point here. All right, Becky. All I wanted to say is I, I've been on that side of the frustration of, of what Michael has said or done, um, frustrating me as, as a campaign manager or as somebody working for elected. So I understand that frustration. I do also think that there's a need and a void of that. So um, I'm, I'm, I guess, happy now to participate. All right, Attorney General. Uh, I think Jim Schultz is going to win. Yep. I think that this is our, our big opportunity, and I think I think it's turning red. You okay. really believe he's going to win? Yeah, I mean, and to Becky's point, I mean, Republicans haven't won a statewide race in Minnesota since 2006, and that was Tim Pawlenty. And in that environment, um, you know, it was a it was Hatch was trending. Mike Hatch, former Attorney General of the state of Minnesota, was trending to win that race, um, and I think it was a real surprise on election day after some missteps by Hatch that Pawlenty was able to come back and win. Um, and he did. And so that was the last statewide win 16 years ago. And so Republicans have come up short continuously. But I think public safety uh, and I think uh, Schultz has, I think, run a very good campaign. Um, and we should disclose that neither Becky or I do, do any work on, on any type of campaigns. Um, and we're not here to, you know, particularly. Uh, All right, Becky, your comments. Are yeah. you just cutting me off? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, I yeah, mean, yeah. my name is in the show. Yeah, I know. Do, do yeah, I, I know. get to report? It's not a speech. All right, you're not running for office. All right, Becky, yours. Yeah, you know, I, I guess uh, Michael put it pretty well. I don't have a ton to add there. I think Schultz has run a pretty well-disciplined campaign. I think Ellison probably could have been beat four years ago and was not, so I think that this is a really good opportunity. I think he's pretty vulnerable, and, and I think Republicans will take this one all the time. What's going to happen in the House and Senate, guys? I think the House flips to the Republicans, and I think the Republicans keep control of the Minnesota Senate. So it would be, I think in our perspectives, it'll be... A, a certainly a divided, uh, uh, there will be divided, certainly partisan divided government. Yep, I think it's going to stay, you know, Walls as governor with the Republican legislature on both sides. So it's going to be good for the state of Minnesota? I will say, and this is something I hope to talk about more, I believe yeah, that divided government, having some checks and balances of the party system, I think is I think is good. I think it's overall better. Now, that sometimes leads to a more combative process, but I think the end result is good. I think one party control of every branch of every government, I just don't think is a good way. And I think it would be a, I, I think it would truly reflect kind of the political makeup of the state if there, if Republicans were represented in some statewide offices. I think one challenge that it does bring, um, coming from a partisan politics background, is kind of the strife within the party. A lot of times, um, the activists and, and you know volunteers around there want to see you know the the balls to the walls, hardcore. Um, their their members go for it. When their members have to compromise, that does add for a little bit more um, controversy. They don't always want to continue to support that that member, that elected, that candidate. Um, and so, I mean, we, we've seen that with some uprising of some of these um, fringe, maybe, political groups within the Republican Party. And so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Now, Becky is going to be, we're somewhat describing her as the voice of reason. And that was, I think, the first voice of reason we've had in this conversation so far. I think she makes a great point that it's going to, it would be difficult it's going to be difficult when Republicans ha either hold a statewide office or if they control the legislature um, because of the exact point that she's raised. So that's the, I think, 
the official first voice of reason comment <laughs> that we've heard on this show. All right, so each week uh, you're go we're going to do what's called a rapid fire, where I'm going to you know, give you guys a question that you have absolutely no idea in advance so that the listeners can give us an idea of who you guys are and what you really stand for when you're put on the, on the spot. So we're going to talk about the candidates as they stand right now that make up the uh, state of Minnesota. So let's start with giving a grade and then backing up how you feel about why you're giving this grade to, let's start with the current governor, Walls. You know, I have to go uh, probably a D minus there. I think that Walls really, you know, has has done exactly who Walls is, um, but I don't think he has has represented or embodied the one Minnesota being a centrist uh, governor like we've needed him to be. I'm going to be more generous on the scale. I'm going to give him a, a solid B. I think that he has led during an incredibly challenging time. I think that there is opportunity for improvement, but I think that any fair analysis and commentary of the last four years, I think, leads you to believe that um, in incredibly difficult circumstances, uh, he's done a lot of good things. All right, let's go to uh, the mayor of the city of Minneapolis, Jacob Fry. I got to go with an F on that. Let's just look back to May of 2020. I think that was a, a big failure. Also part of where I think that Governor Walls did not lead. So we are going to give him a, an F. Are you really? Yep. Okay. And F, and you think it's all because of what happened in May of? I mean, not all because of that. I think that there's a lot of a lot of missteps that, um, you know, a lot of the COVID shutdowns. If you've been downtown Minneapolis, the crime. I mean, it's it's dead during the days, alive at night, all for the bad, worst reasons. All right, Michael. What, what is worse, an F or an incomplete? <laughs> <laughs> that's. I guess that's your call. Michael. Well, I, I think I would say F or incomplete, um, simply because I think that Minneapolis has struggled, is struggling. I think there's a real leadership void there. Um, and so I, it's a city that I think is is largely been somewhat rudderless, and I think it's in need of some strong leadership, and you're not having it. All right. And, Go ahead. Yeah. No, that's it. Did you I cut you just, off there? No, of course you did, but that's apparently what you're going to okay. do. Okay. <laughs> uh, what about uh, the city of St. Paul, where we are right now, and Melvin Carter? What yeah. would you give him? I'm gonna I'm gonna stick on my to my Republican roots here. I'm gonna give him a D. I think you know if we look at rent control, I think that is a prime example of where he failed a little bit. He failed to have an opinion. He came out after the fact and said he wanted to, you know, scale it back a little bit. Not really allowed under the, how the rules or how the policy is written and how the laws are written. So um, I think that is a, a major failure on his part. I'm gonna say a, a solid F, uh, and and that comes from um, you know I've been coming into St. Paul more over the last few years, and what I've seen, uh, just the general kind of ebb and flow of the city, particularly on matters related to public safety, I think is where I think both Fry and Carter have failed. And uh, public safety, uh, what's going on in both Minneapolis and St. Paul is concerning. And I think, um, but just a little bit above uh, a Fry, uh, so I'll give him, uh, I'll give Carter a, a solid F. All right. We're going to do uh, something called the meanest tweet of the week because both of you are uh, pretty active on Twitter. So I'd like you to share and read out loud the meanest tweet of the week. And then, Becky, you're going to react to Michael's and see if it's justified. Michael. Now, this could really be the entire show based on the amount of negative tweets that I get. But this came through last night um, uh, from Minnesota Kevlar Buck. Fired off a rapid fire of, of three mean tweets at me. Number one was, you are, a no, you are a slimy, no good human being. And then he said, dude, you're beep off both sides. 
And then he said, you have absolutely zero, zero credibility. So Minnesota Kevlar Buck with the first mean tweets of the week. And uh, those are pretty, you know, pretty intense. That was a solid thread of them there. Yeah, what was that in response to? It was in response to some commentary I, I, I made about Jensen in the debate recently with Walls that he spent too much time talking on COVID. Mm. Uh, and that I was surprised at some of the reaction of that. Um, and we can talk more about because we've probably both been involved in debate prep and focusing. I just thought it was a little bit of a tactical mistake in the last debate with Governor Walls to talk about COVID so much. And he did. And that was the response. And that's what Twitter is like. And that's what social media is like. And I think we both will probably talk about how uh, we've gotten tougher skin, particularly with social media. And this experience, I think this this podcast, when it goes out, is going to generate more of that. So... Great. Can't wait. All right, let's oh, get for you. Let's get your <laughs> let's get your share. So mine is a little bit of a throwback. I, I took a little bit of a break from Twitter because of so much hatred over the last ten years. Um, so I'm I'm gonna get back to it. So I'm excited to see some of these new mean mean tweets. But um, mine says, "Leave poor Becky alone. Being dumb is hard." Imagine being a hippie at heart and knowing the only person who would hire you stands for increased gun violence, reduced environmental protections, taking health care away from children, and hate in general. So just throwing out all Whoa. the talking points there. I would say that that was, I think her, I think the person who sent that tweet to her, I think was more intelligent than the person that sent mine. I mean, they just uh, rattled off. Do you want to share where yours came from? Yes, John R. Lick. John R. Lick. All right. Yeah. So, whoa, I think that's pretty, that's pretty fierce. So if you want, if people want to top the meanest tweet, not that this <laughs> is going to be a challenge to take you guys down, just tweets in general. Where can they find you? And, and honestly, we don't want our audiences coming out there just trying to be meaner than the next. But where can people engage with you? Where can people chat with you and maybe be a part of the show through social media? Yeah, I have a website, michaelbrockrub.com, where you can get all of you know my, my contact information. Do you want to spell that one out? It's Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L, Broadcorb, B-R-O-D-K-O-R-B.com. I'm, but my main platform is Twitter. I'm at mbroadcorb. That's at mbroadcorb uh, for Twitter. All right, so you'd welcome people to engage with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And if they have uh, you know, any comments on what they've heard on the show this or week. Or compliments. Or compliments. <laughs> uh, yeah, and if they want to engage, that they certainly can do that yes. through that platform. And what about you, Becky? Mine is Allery RL, so it's A-L-E-R-Y-R-L on Twitter. I'm not cool enough to have a website, um, so I'm just strictly on Twitter there. Um, definitely, you know, anything nice. If you have any suggestions, topics, um, positive tweets, we'll, we'll take all of those. I guess mean tweets, too, but... Send them our way. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure uh, getting to know both of you and spending some time here. And I'm sure you both need to get back in your minivans and head to the suburbs and uh, sit down at Chili's and have your awesome blossom. Is that right? It's uh, That's Outback. Uh, that's Outback. All right. The awesome blossom awaits the two of you and your Miller Lite beer. All right, guys. This has Jeez. been a lot of fun. And once again, we'll be bringing this show to you on a regular basis. It's going to be called the Broad Corp Report. We look forward to you engaging with us. And until next time, following the elections, listen to the Broad Corp Report. I'm your host, Todd Walker.